Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another amazing, exciting, stupendous episode of From the Couch Sports. We are joined this evening yet again. I don't know why he joined us again, but he is Mr. Josh Scabry. Please uh, introduce yourself to the people again. Uh, well, I, I am the stupendous Mr. Scabry, who's glad to be part of this. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I revel in the fact that I get to talk with you gentlemen. These are uh, the only things I look forward to anymore, actually. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's delightfully pathetic. Uh, and and we're, we're joined by his younger, dumber, less good-looking brother, Eric. Boys, good evening. How are you? How are you? Nothing? Nothing on the insults? Okay, very well then. I just accept insults. Last, not insults. But not, not least, not by any stretch of the imagination, the, the recent birthday boy, welcome to the post-25 club, uh, Mr. Kieran Stack. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, boys. Um, I get heartburn every night now, so I guess that's a thing. But yeah, I know, Josh, uh, very happy to have you here. I'm sure your wife and child will be very happy to know that this is the highlight of your day. <laughs> oh, Kieran, nobody, no, no, nobody, nobody gave you the memo about being older than 25 now and if you eat two quarter pounders with cheese and fries every night for dinner, you're going to have heartburn. Yeah, no, I was, that was a very sad realization. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to fire my secretary. You should have gotten that memo. It's, it's important information. Everybody you're firing me already. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're the, you're, the you're, you're my other kind of secretary. The one that spends all their time under the desk. Well, I was moving say, on. Am I, am I at least like Halle Berry and Flintstones? Like you wish oh, wow. you were Halle Berry and oh, you, like oh. you want to talk about a role you that really made me, you want to talk about a role that made me like like I knew oh, I wasn't gay at twelve years old because <laughs> I was like something's happening down here I don't quite understand it but I'm uncomfortable watching this movie with my parents dude I big think fact. gay people would big still fact. be like damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about my 12-year-old penis. Uh, we are going to talk about the NFL divisional round that ended this weekend. Eric, why, why don't you go over uh, how our picks and everything went from last week? So for those uh, who are just tuning in for the first time this week, um, we did pick the spread as well as who would win. And I went an abysmal 0 for 4. Kieran was next up with 1 for 3. and What up? Jerome, the moderator, knocked it out of the park. Three for one. Very impressive. And I, in order to get these stats, I actually had to listen to the commentary too. Not only did you pick correctly, you said the right things. So very impressive. Very impressive. But we move on. We move on. I just, you know, you know, you know what's unfortunate is uh, I actually thought about putting about five bills down on uh, my, you know, parlaying all those. And uh, I missed out. So it's unfortunate. Truly. So we're going to start off, uh, we're going to go in chronological order, starting with the uh, furthest one away, and that was the Packers routing the L.A. Rams soundly. Rodgers takes, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, lofts it down got the middle, Lazard's got it, and he's gone, he is gone, touchdown, the Packers with a dagger, 31-18, Allen Lazard. 58 yards. Fantastic. I I think I'm going to play that before I go to sleep. Um, just because I know it hurts Eric. 
It does. Oh, would you mind? Would you mind if I leave this one off? Uh, <laughs> I would love for you to. What were your takeaways from the game, other than the L? Hello. Yeah. Yeah, and it hurt. It hurt. But you know, put in layman's terms, this this was what a one seed should look like at home in the playoffs against a wild card team. It as a Rams fan, for instance, I know that there were a lot of different layers to what happened on Saturday. But I think when you lay it all out in front of yourself, you're left with the realization that the Packers are a better team and they came out and they executed and they played like it. You know, and it's, it's also clear just how much the Rams defense needs Aaron Donald. And I think, I think there's a whole lot of talk about, you know, this squad could have done more, this, that, the other thing. At the end of the day, I think the Packers are just a better team, and they, they played like it. They did what they were supposed to do. So it was, it was a hard one for me to watch, but I'll say that at the very least, I didn't, I didn't feel like my team got gypped. I didn't feel like there was any bullshit that happened. There weren't, like, injuries in the middle of the game or anything like that. No, we just, we just lost to someone who, was, who outplayed us. They outcoached us, they outplayed us, and they beat us soundly. I think it's pretty fair to say that no, no, no true fan likes watching their team lose. Uh, it's compounded by watching them lose in the playoffs, especially at, at the divisional round. You know, but I mean, it's, there's something to be said about when your team makes it that far. Anyway, you know, um, it, it means it means a whole lot. You know, and I I will agree that Aaron Donald. While his individual efforts, I don't think, hurt the defense, what I think hurt the defense more was his steady leadership out on the field. I mean, you know, anybody, anybody that's been, you know, any situation as far as cops or military or firefighters, you know, having a leader that has a strong presence makes a difference on the battlefield. And whether you're a cop, like I said, or you're a firefighter on the fire ground, having that lieutenant or captain that knows what they're doing, knows how to take command, the same thing goes for the football field. Having, you know, I mean, I guarantee when Ray Lewis wasn't on the field for that Baltimore defense, it was kind of the same thing. They, they felt lost without him there. And I think that might have been a big reason for it. I mean, you know, when he, when he, you know, tore the cartilage in his chest, I mean, I, I don't know if a lot of you knew what that injury was, but I mean, that's really difficult breathing. And, you know, all the chest movements that he's, I mean, that's basically every single down. It's not just breathing. It's all the chest movements, you know, I good on him for, uh, you know, maximum effort as much as he could. Yeah, and like, forget about like just football moves and stuff like that. Just like moving in general, just like, Moving, moving around at all when you have that kind of injury going on. You know, it's like the same thing when people say, oh, like, they tear their, like, pectoral or they tear a bicep or a quad. Like, you you can barely move, you know, when you when you tear something like that that severely. And, you know, I think not – like, you, I think, Jerome, you nailed it perfectly. It was my takeaway, too, is just not having Aaron Donald out there, not having that big physical presence and that leadership on that defense. Um, I think that's what did him in, really. And, you know, obviously, Josh uh, – or not Josh, Jesus, um, Jared Goff. Sorry, I'm already excited about talking about Josh Allen. But, Keep it in your pants, kid. Keep it in your pants. Keep it in your robe. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm wearing the robe. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, and, you know, Jared Allen, or Jesus Christ. Get Jared there. Goff, your time. Take your time. It's okay. <laughs> Jared Goff being hurt, it being, you know, cold out there, it's, you know, not good for a broken thumb. 
Um, but, you know, that aside, I think the Packers just at the end of the day outplayed them. They were the better team. They were the one seed for a reason, and they showed it. Yeah, I'm going to go on a slightly different tangent than you guys. Well, I do feel that well, I do feel that Aaron Donald leaving was was obviously detrimental. I mean, when you're talking about probably arguably the greatest defensive player of all time not being on the field, that's obviously going to hurt them. I think, though, that's more indicative of the rest of the defense. If you need this linchpin so badly, does that make you the best defense? I think Jalen Ramsey is actually the bigger conversation piece here that won the top cornerbacks in the NFL kind of like looked like he was schooled half of the game. And yeah, maybe there wasn't a lot of pressure happening up front and maybe there wasn't a lot of scrambling from Aaron Rodgers, but we know Aaron Rodgers can move a little bit. We know that he can get out of the pockets, make those shots. It's up to Jalen Ramsey on the back end to kind of protect a little better. And I feel like the cornerbacks weren't doing their job. And I think that's what really did them in is the number one defense kind of relied maybe too much on Aaron Donald. I think that's kind of showing you that they need to kind of diversify a little bit more if they're kind of relying on one guy to run the entire game for them. Um, and yeah, it was devastating seeing him leave the field. Too much injuries happening this weekend, and we'll, we'll talk about them, I'm sure. But uh, seeing a guy like that not play when you want to see the best players on the field, it's heartbreaking. You, you want to see him play it out, whether they win or lose. But yeah. Yeah, and, and to validate your point, Josh, Jalen Ramsey had his worst day in coverage for receivers or matchups that he was personally responsible for. One-on-one, he allowed on five targets, five receptions for 55 yards and a touchdown, which is far and away the worst game that he's had all year. I think that, look, I'm, I'm very familiar with the Rams, uh, you know, secondary, every, every single one of them, and they all had their worst game of the year. I don't necessarily think that it's the Rams players. I honestly believe that it's Aaron Rodgers pre-snap just diagnosing the matchups figuring out where the weaknesses was and executing. That's, that's just me. Uh, we, we can move on before I start crying. Moving on to the game. Everybody's excited to talk about it. I am. Our special guest is Kieran's robe is, uh, is open now. Uh, Ravens bills bills winning 17 to three. Lamar Jackson back to throw guns it into the end zone intercepted. Two yards deep in the end zone, intercepted by Taron Johnson, and he brings it out, and he's still on the run. He may go all the way. He's at the Baltimore 40, the 30, gets a block at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Taron Johnson goes 102 yards with an end zone interception. Touchdown, Buffalo! That audio is so good. 101 yards. Unbelievable. That last I have to go clean Like. You oh, just, geez. I was watching it and I scared my, my girlfriend when I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, you don't understand. It was the nail in the coffin interception <laughs> in the end zone, 101 yards. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It's tied for the longest interception pick six in, in playoff history. It, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. My God. Oh, it was so unexpected. And it was so amazing. Like you, you, you say those kind of things when you're a fan, you go, Oh, come on, get a pick six right here. But no one actually believes they're going to get a pick six down there. No one believes they're going to get a fumble. You just go, oh, come on, man, just get a pick six right now. Right. And to actually get a pick six in the playoffs against the reigning MVP down the field for 101 yards, literally, as you said, Jerome, 
just ending the game right then and there. People people stopped wishing for that after they saw Buda Baker get caught by DK Metcalf. They stopped wishing <laughs> for six sixes. But Josh, walk us through your takeaways for the game, man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we don't have enough time. But I'll 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 keep you to the uh, the the cliff notes here. Look, at the end of the day, it was really two teams versus the weather, and the weather affected them more than I'd like to give credit to either side. Now I'm going to say. I'm not going to put all the blame on Lamar Jackson. I'm going to say that him going out is, is devastating, and I feel terrible for him. And such a nice young guy and such a good athlete, and it's, it's horrible that he, you know, the concussion got out. That game was over before he got the concussion. Uh, the Bills' defense had his number from play one to that moment, and he, they just had their way knowing that that one-dimensional team that Greg Roman was, was calling the entire game was easy to stop if you just – contained Lamar Jackson who couldn't pass in the wind. And so the defense just made it look easy. Now, that being said, with, with the wind, the passing going on, the erratic throws, the kicks from Justin Tucker, which just his face will forever be a meme in my mind, just his own disbelief, like, I'm so good. How is this happening? There was a lot going into this game, but I do believe the much better team won. And it wasn't a blowout. It wasn't as, you know, it was 17-3, but it wasn't that those numbers don't are really indicative of, of what the team was. It was just a better team winning, better coached, better man, better quarterback, and just being prepared comparatively to the team that was supposed to come in and knock around the Bills. And everyone said the entire week, the Ravens are going to win. The Ravens are going to win. It's totally playing to the strength. The Bills don't have a run defense. Lamar Jackson's going to have his way with them. The win's going to be erratic. Josh Allen won't be able to throw the ball. And yeah, Josh Allen had trouble throwing the ball. And, and to be fair, 34 mile out of the winds caused a lot of problems, but it was a complete reversal. And the Bills just snuffed them out. It destroyed them by the third, by the end of the third quarter, the game wasn't even a question anymore. Um, and it, that was before Jackson going out. So it's just one of those beautiful things where when the offense couldn't get its rhythm until the third quarter, the defense was Super Bowl champion level uh, and just was where it needed to be. And I think that's what it is, is that when one part of the bills went down, another part picked it up and just became championship level to kind of compensate. And I think that's the beautiful part of the team. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I would flip the coin here and say that that was about as disappointing of a performance from the Ravens that uh, I could have expected I had actually had in my notes the first the first thing I had was that you know a lot of people hate weather games and I love them uh, for that added layer of difficulty. But Josh, you touched on that perfectly, so I'll I'll let that go. What I would say is that it bothers me that after 18 games or going into your 18th game of real time football, you haven't. You haven't gathered up a series of plays, of passing plays, go-to passing plays that are easy completions, things that you can make work for you when nothing else is working through the air. And I'll be honest and say that last Saturday didn't seem to me to be a Lamar Jackson problem. I thought that the offensive coordinator had failed them throughout the year by not diversifying that offense and creating it's, – it's, you know what? It's like a pitcher – as he gets older and he never develops that secondary pitch and then he gets older and he's surprised when his fastball loses steam and people are making contact, you know, well, okay, where's, where's your curveball? You know, where, where's the other things that you can do? And 
that's that was the very disappointing thing for me. Otherwise, I thought I thought the Ravens defense played well enough to win. You know, I thought I thought they played well enough to win. I obviously the Justin Tucker things really hurt you too, and that's that's a big deal. But it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what yeah, it Jesus. is. Christ, man, way to just air out or all this Chapman like that. Adam, next time, buddy. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys nailed it. I think the Bills just outplayed them. And I think, you know, the weather outplayed both teams, honestly. Uh, I think you could tell um, it was affecting both quarterbacks there. You know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. You guys hit on a lot of it already. But I think that was the the ultimate factor here. It's one of those things where, you know, it affected them both. It affected Josh Allen less, probably because he's so tall. And, you know, the, the wind was hitting him in his midsection and it was hitting Lamar Jackson in his face. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. All I know is that motherfucker's tall. But anyway, that is uh, that is correct. You are not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it. I think it was just another case here. You know, much like the last game we spoke on, I think the better team won. But yeah, Josh, yeah, I really liked what you were saying. Where you know the Bills, when when it seemed like one part of their game was lacking, and another part kind of picked it up. You know, there was never there was never really an instance where it was all seeming to fall apart here, like it did for. Uh, Baltimore, especially in the fact that, you know, Tucker missed those two field goals there with the, with the doink. And then, and then the one that didn't doink. What were your takeaways from? I was super fucking proud of myself for calling the whole stack the box. You don't have to have the best run defense. If you, if you play it on easy mode, you stack the box and force the team to throw into the wind when the quarterback isn't a good passer in the first place. You know, it's it's a recipe for a win, and that's what they got. There's no re- reason to belabor. You guys were right. We're, we're, we were all very proud of ourselves for this victory, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, as they say, is that. And so we move on. And so we move on to talk about the Chiefs versus the Browns. You walk up there and say, no play, everybody. Don't jump. There's no play. Just look at the body language. play. Penny rolling out, throws it. Hill! And the Chiefs are heading to the AFC Championship game. Only Andy Reid gets it shot on a front of the inch. And throws the ball with his back There's no way. He shot everybody. I had to keep the Romo soundbite. It's so good. It Romo, I can't wait to listen to him call the, the Bucks and the Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm super excited about it. I had to keep in the part where he's like, there's no way, look at the body language. They're not running a play. I've never heard him more wrong. Like, <laughs> and then just like the, no, 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 no. the shock no, this and is excitement where he... in his voice as they were running the play. He's like, oh my, like, <laughs> like he was, was in like on it. He was in on it. He was, he was, he was, he was in on it. The, the illusion went that far. You could tell he really wanted to use the word cojones too when he's talking about Andy Reid there. He's like, he's like, only Andy Reid had. <laughs> you could tell. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Andy Reid handed Tony Romo his fair share of L's. So it's true. It's true. It's true. Indeed, he did. Stack, you were you were the biggest of the Browns' proponents here. Why don't you lead us off? Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing game, man. I think this was the. In, in terms of game script, I think they had the best one coming into it. You know, they were coming in hot um, on their latest victory. Absolutely embarrassing. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home for the first time okay. ever. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it was a disappointing loss for them. You know, I feel I feel for Baker real bad because I feel like this was honestly their best shot at, you know, 
getting anywhere close to another Super Bowl appearance here, even just a conference, you know, not even looking that far, just a conference final appearance for the first time in a very long time. But I think this year in general for the Browns is going to be one that they're going to look back on and be like, all right, well, we were on borrowed time for 90% of the playoffs. You know, we, we kind of squeaked in, we came in, came in with our hair on fire uh, in the division, in the um, wild card round, excuse me. And I feel like it's just kind of one of those things where just, you know, when you play like you got nothing to lose, you play great until, you know, until you meet your match. And they did with Kansas city and the better team won, you know, Um, obviously Mahomes going down was a, was a bit of a scary moment, but you know, Henny's no slouch, man. He's a, he's a good enough quarterback. If you're, if you put the right pieces around him, he can get the job done. And for fuck's sake, the chiefs definitely have a lot of the right pieces, especially when you have arguably the greatest tight end in the NFL. Arguably. Well, yeah. And you know, it, it feels pretty clear to me that the Cleveland Browns lost this game more than the Chiefs won it, if you will. For sure. It, when, when, you're, when you've been down, and Karen, you touched on this, but when you've been down for so long as a franchise, as the Browns have been, you absolutely need to pounce on that opportunity that the football gods give you. And there, there couldn't be a bigger opportunity than Patrick Mahomes going down for the rest of the game. You know, I'm left feeling disappointed in the Browns when we when we should be left in awe of a great season. But really, I feel like Baker and the rest of the offense they they had a real missed opportunity there. They had two drives where they should have gone up and scored scored touchdowns. They got one first down after after that one touchdown drive. That's that's not good. They lost this game, and it was a disappointment. It really they also was. shouldn't have put, they also shouldn't have punted there at the end there on fourth down. Agreed. That was a mistake as well. That was just bad play calling. You can't, you know, can't blame the the offense for that, obviously, but that was a that was a missed opportunity. That game was very winnable. Um, and they lost it. There is a part of me that feels like like that that touchdown, that touchback was very much stolen from the Browns. I hate that. Worst rule. For you to tell me That's the worst rule in sports. That that a fumble isn't a reviewable play. Fuck you. A fumble and a recovery by the other team isn't a reviewable play. And the manner at which the ball became fumbleable isn't reviewable. Like Sorensen, Sorensen should have been ejected from the fucking game. There does you you didn't you don't need. I mean you don't need any. I mean you don't have to throw a flag. You he did something dangerous. Yeah okay fucking he should have been thrown out of the game like the think that the game could have been changed because Sorensen was flying all over the place on the defense. You take him out of the, out of the game for being a fucking piece of shit. And you give the bills a touchdown. And this is a different game. The who? Browns. The Browns. A touchdown. Brown, yeah. Sorry. The, uh, <laughs> the Browns, a touchdown. It's a different game now, you know, and it's just, you know, I, you know, we can talk about what ifs, you know, if ifs and buts are candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. The point is, mm-hmm. is that you, you can't sit there and tell me that, a, that a, a play that causes a fumble is not a reviewable play. That's horseshit. If you want Especially to say when that... the possibility of pass interference was something that could be reviewable, but a fump, like a turnover isn't reviewable, mm-hmm. or, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially when the fumble is initiated by a hit that was led by the crowd of the helmet. Yeah. I thought we were supposed to be protecting players here. Isn't it, wasn't that they're... just like the whole initiative no, no, no. from the NFL? We're protecting dynasties no, it's, here. It, it, 
it, it protects players whose first name starts with two A's. Josh, what were your takeaways? Uh, very similar to you guys. I think that it comes down to the Browns just weren't good enough. Um, they weren't. I, I think that the reason why they beat the Steelers so badly is because the Steelers sucked, and I think everyone knew the Steelers sucked. They were the worst third seed I've ever seen. They they should have had a record of seven and nine, not whatever they were like. They ended with like twelve and four, or whatever it was, thirteen and three. Thank you. It doesn't matter. They were terrible, and the only reason they the Browns were able to go up so high is because they sucked so bad and they gave away all those interceptions, and the Browns capitalized. They played against a much better team against the Chiefs, and while they did make it interesting, Holmes went out with eight minutes left in the third. You're telling me you can't take on Chad Henney, who got fired from the Dolphins and from the Jaguars? <laughs> I mean, yeah, granted, the talent around him, he's never experienced that kind of talent. And I'm not going to take away from Mahomes, because obviously Mahomes is, is a generational talent, just as much as Aaron Donald is a generational talent, just as much as blah, blah, blah is a generational talent, right? Let's be fair. Let's call a spade and spade here. Patrick Mahomes has a wealth of talent around him to elevate him to a much higher plane that to even make Chad Henney look good. Um, and it's like, you can't beat him. You don't deserve to be there, Browns. And Baker Mayfield, you're not that good of a quarterback if you can't beat this team that doesn't have that great of a pass defense. Jerome, care to lead us into the next game? I'd love to. The final game of the NFL divisional round was... The Buccaneers versus the Saints, Tom Brady. And? Wow. Wow. I just had the worst brain fart in the world. Archie Manning. Drew Brees. Jameis Winston. It's Drew Brees. It's Drew Brees. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So. Line. Brady and Brees come together for what is likely the final time on a football field. With uniforms on, and Brady is the one who gets to celebrate after this one. And that could be it for the great and future Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. 30-20, to 20, that's the final from New Orleans. Thank you for watching the divisional playoffs. So I, I was, I initially had picked out the Devin White interception, but then I realized I'm not going to pick on someone who's already, who's already done. Let's let's honor the man for what he was. And frankly, that moment there where Breeze like turns around and looks at the stadium, I was like, Oh, that hit me. Oh that, that got me good. It got me good. Got me right in the feels, you know? The end of a movie. That's what that was. That was the end of a movie right there. Yeah, it was. Rome, why don't you lead us off with your takeaways? Takeaway number one is that uh, I was really surprised by this game. As much as I am fervent about having the Bucks make it to the to the Super Bowl along with the Bills so I can be right about something this year would be nice. Uh, I don't have a lot I don't I don't have a lot to hang my head on, but if the two of them could make it to the Super Bowl, I just I'd be like, ah, well, I picked that at the beginning of the season, so fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, I did have the that was this is the one I didn't get right. Um, I had the Saints to win by by a touchdown. I, but regardless, I'm happy to see what how it's ended. Um, I think old Noodle Arm, I think I think his time really has come. Great career, you know. Unfortunately, you know he had to take that L from Tom Brady. It, it is what it is. No, Buccaneers p- played great. Uh, if they bring the same energy that they have uh, in this game, conference is theirs. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Tampa played awesome. 
Uh, they won me a little bit of money too. So I'm always happy about that. Uh, I did uh, what I'm dubbing now the, uh, the white trash parlay. Uh, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Florida Panthers both to win money line. So that was awesome. Uh, shout out Florida. Thank you for winning me some money, but yeah, the it was state. the state. Thank yeah, the, you. The whole state of Florida. Thank you. No state tax. What's up? My big takeaway here is it was, it was tough to watch breeze go out and it was even tougher to watch him go out in the way he went out, man. He was just, I don't think his age has shown more than it did in that game. He's, you know, that game, if, if showed, if it, Proved nothing else. It proved that he can no longer throw the ball longer than 15 yards. You know, having Michael Thomas going deep is at this point just a decoy at best, but it's not really a decoy when the defense knows he can't make the throw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's Jameis's team now. And I think honestly, people are going to shit on him and say he's not a good quarterback and he throw all those interceptions. But I don't know. I think he's a good quarterback, man. Uh, he had he showed flashes of brilliance in in Tampa Bay, and I think having you know uh, a brilliant uh, coach like Sean Payton um, behind him helping him out, I think it's gonna you know the future is is gonna look bright for Saints fans after Breeze. Yeah, obviously again I'm looking back up for the last time the Superdome was was touching, and what was even funnier was at even after the game when him and Tom were just kind of like hanging out talking, and Tom Brady just threw like an absolute dime to his kid. And I can only imagine his kid just saying, like, damn, I've never caught a pass like that from my dad. I oh, wish Tom Brady was my dad. Come on. That's <laughs> fucked. And so um, when, I, when, I, uh, when, I, when I was uh, writing down notes about the games, I actually labeled this game, instead of Saints Bucks, I put the rule versus the exception. And what I'm talking about there is Father Time is undefeated. And this game was Usually. a complete. This game was a complete display of the rule versus the exception because Drew Brees is the rule there. Time defeated that man, and it was, it was tough to see. It reminded me of Peyton's last year in Denver after like yep. a year, year away from him winning the MVP, I think, and breaking records. And then on the other sideline, you had Tom Brady, and it's ceaselessly impressive to me just how well he's still throwing those – those passes. You know, boys, I wanted to mention something. On the second ever episode of From the Couch, we discussed, it was right after the Rams had defeated the Saints in the playoffs, and we discussed whether or not we thought the Saints and Drew Brees would ever make it back to a Super Bowl. And I had said no. And I just wanted to throw that one out there. That felt good. His career is Didn't now over. did we all say no? I don't remember. I didn't want to listen because I wanted to be the only Selective one Selective right. memory. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely. Yes. I can. I can go so far as to say I have never, never really liked Breeze or the Saints organization. So, by well, rule of that, I think I would have said no. I, mean, I was. Way, called, I I've been calling yes. him Noodle Arm for three years, three to four years. So, either I, way, I think I, I think I concurred. I just, I just wanted to call it back to that because we we did talk about that it was many many episodes ago, um, but. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, this was this was the best game of the playoffs uh, so far to me. Very back and forth, a lot of momentum swings, and what no one I think is talking about is that it actually should have been a lot worse of a game than it was. The Buccaneers dropped a lot of passes, a lot of passes, a lot of easy catchable balls. Chris Godwin, uh, Rob mm. Gronkowski catching passes that he would normally 
uh, or dropping passes that he would normally catch from Tom. Look, I think I think we got the best four teams in the conference finals, boys. I, I do. I think I think these these teams that won this weekend showed themselves to be the best teams out of the, out of the eight, and that that is coming from a Rams fan. But uh, Josh. Uh, I guess I have to do the cleanup crew for this one a little bit. Um, I disagree and agree with some of these different opinions. First off, I don't think the Saints are going to be good next year, and I don't think they're going to be good for a while. I think this was the end of their, their shot. They're $96 million over their cap next year, which means they have a lot to jettison. They're not going to be in a good place. They have the worst cap space of any team, so I think they're screwed. I think the Saints are going back to the old Saints from, like, 2005 when they barely could scrape together a win, you know, make the Browns look good. Um <laughs> Shout out Hurricane I, I, Katrina. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Woot woot. I, I think also that Tampa Bay wasn't that good of a team. And I really don't – I have to disagree with you, Eric. I don't think this was a very good game. I, I think that the Buccaneers were only able to get their points off of the four inter- – the three interceptions and the one fumble. So they started all of their touchdowns from, like, within the 20 or 30-yard line. Congratulations, you're able to get a touchdown after you're starting the midfield. I, I don't think the Buccaneers were really doing the ball well unless the defense kind of picked them up and moved them, which I don't think bodes well for them when it comes down to next week. I think Tom Brady obviously is, is being vintage Tom Brady. He's still playing to the level you expect, but I don't think the team around him – I never thought the Buccaneers were that good, and I think that they've, they've kind of lucked out of who they got to play so far. I, I don't know. I, to me, it was sad seeing Drew Brees leave, not because I'm a, a Saints fan or not because I care for him particularly, but he is – He's a figurehead of this past generation and him leaving was just sad to see and just kind of seeing that look on his face when he turned the last time. Very poetic moment. You know, obviously we all saw the video of him and Tom Brady hugging it out and passing balls back and forth. But you know that if Tom Brady had lost that game, there's no way in the hell he would have been there tossing balls no back and forth. No shot. He is a spiteful little child. And if he had lost, he would have been kicking and screaming and not shaking anyone's hand because he won. Somehow he's magnanimous. And so I will play with all the children and I'm, you know, father time. No, the bull. Um, it was a sweet moment though. We can say that. Um, you know, he's, the, he's the personification of uh, taking your ball and going home. Like, yeah. That was he's that. He's that kid. Yeah. Everyone, everyone at home. It's, that it, was, it, that was, it suited him. That was Bill's mafia hashtagged right there. That's, that was a Bills fan talking about Tom Brady, if I'd ever heard it. <laughs> Holy uh, fuck, boys. Uh, no, it's – have you ever seen Tom Brady when he loses a game, when he kicks his helmet or yells at his teammates and then mm-hmm. walks off the field and not gives a handshake? That's, that's an anyone who's seen Tom Brady lose. And, yeah, granted, he's won a lot more than he's lost. I'll grant you – know, Goat, amazing player. He's a child when he loses, and he really is. And I, if I he think lost that's, the game, they wouldn't have been his- I think that can't be evidenced more than the uh, – <laughs> <clears throat> the viral, somewhat viral video, I mean, for sports fans, especially Eagles fans, uh, it was a viral video. Eagles fans and anyone that hates Tom Brady. Uh, when Peyton Manning Everyone. played Tom Brady in a uh, uh, tournament um, in golf over last summer, or might have been the summer before that, nobody was wearing masks. It was the summer before that. And uh, <laughs> they're doing practice putts and everything like that. And Peyton's talking to somebody's camera and he's saying, you know, I was thinking about how do I get into Tom's head? He's an ultimate competitor. How do I get into Tom's head? And I thought maybe I bring my brother Eli in as my caddy. And then I was thinking, no, I should call Nick Foles at the mention of Nick Foles, name. 
Brady immediately stops what he's doing and looks up and he says, that's not fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah. and, no, dude, like, I remember yeah. that. No, that was, uh, that was the match. That was last summer. Yeah. That was last summer, yeah. It was like that moment was like he stopped exactly what he was doing. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the conference finals, huh? I let's let's. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win, and I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. All these teams have many more than zero wins, but so many more wins. So Starting off chronologically, we're going to be talking about the Bucks versus the Packers at Lambeau Field. Obviously, Packers being number one seed. Josh, as our guest of honor, would you please tell us what your your take on the game is going to be, uh, real quick, and what do you think you know the spread's going to be? I feel kind of biased in this, but I also feel like it's kind of the obvious choice here. The Packers, I think, are going to thwomp them. I think that they're not going to be gifted with four turnovers, and I think the Packers are going to lay them out in Lambeau where they're meant to play. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, is playing better than Tom Brady, and I think that the team overall is going to be more than they can handle. I'd say a seven-point spread wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I would, I would see the Packers up by at least a touchdown, maybe more. But definitely, definitely at least a touch, at least seven points. Very well. Karen. Yeah, I'm going to go um, – I'd have to agree, man. It's the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. The playoffs. It's at Lambeau. We're looking – forecast-wise, it's looking like it's going to be a snowball, which doesn't really play too much because Tom Brady played in fucking Foxborough for over 20 fucking years. So, <laughs> I mean, him, him playing in the element of being an issue, you know, might be an issue for some of those other Tampa players who may not be – quite as used to having to deal with the elements being an NFC South team. It's Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau field. The spread right now uh, that I'm looking at is Packers minus three and a half. Um, double it. Okay. You're, you're taking the Packers with the points. Packers with the points and then some. Jerome, you want to go next? No, 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 no. Uh, please go ahead. Very well. I was going to hit on the weather. It's, it's all important because as Karen had mentioned, you do have a lot of Tampa players playing. It's not just the snow. It really is when, when you're up there, it's, it's the air and it's the mm-hmm. feels like temperature. And in Green Bay, it's, it's just a different world. It's more than that too. It's the air. And then it is also the added pressure that a lot of these guys besides Rob Gronkowski haven't been through it. Um, they haven't been through that conference final pressure. And that is a big deal. As much as Levante David is an all pro all-world guy. That said, I'm just going to be different here and take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers outright. And the reason is I have a hard time picking against Tom Brady. And also, I need to be different. I did a terrible job last week, and so I'm going to choose uh, – I truly, honestly, the, the Green Bay Packers, they are an absolute juggernaut. I would love to see a Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes Super Bowl. There I said it. Thank you, Eric. I don't feel so alone now. I really want to be right about this this year. So I'm picking the Bucks by seven and taking them with seven points. You're going to win by a touchdown or more. What none of you uh, mentioned was that 
Earlier this year, the Bucks went into Lambeau and beat them 38 to 10. That's right. It was an absolute routing. Aaron Rodgers had a fucking meltdown on the field. And it goes, it goes right into the idea that take every opportunity that's presented to you, make something out of nothing, you know, punch them in the mouth. I think the Bucks will walk into Green Bay with swagger uh, from not only beating the Saints, but, you know, last time we were here, we owned you. And I think that changes, that changes the dynamic. Yes, definitely, without a doubt, weather's a factor. It's going to be colder than it was last time. But I, I think adrenaline is an amazing thing, and I think the Bucks are going to take it. And that's the way it was. Moving on, what we all wanted to talk about it, let's be honest. The Bills Chiefs. I can't, I can't not pick them, man. Bills to win outright. Um, I'm also going to go with the over as well. Um, I, love, I love the over in this game. It's two very high-powered offense. Uh, I would give the defensive edge to the Bills here. Um, and, you know, people may forget that, you know, they met earlier in the year. The Bills didn't have a great game. Um, and they kept, but they still kept it close. You know, it was a, it was a close game. The bills didn't play their best. I think they're playing, they're streaking absolutely perfectly right now to be coming into this game for first away game of the playoffs, obviously, but I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be a little bit different without bills mafia. there, you know, screaming their heads off, but Kansas city has is allowing fans too. And I'd be shocked if some, if some bills mafia crazy motherfuckers didn't find the way to get in there. So 100%. give me the bills and I'm, I'm going to take the over as well. So here's what I'm thinking for the NFL. I mean, uh, sorry, AFC champion, I mean, uh, conference championship. Mahomes is obviously still somewhat concussed. It's a plus or minus whether or not uh, they're not sure if he's going to play or not. The other big thing is he has a foot injury that he's dealing with, which whether he plays through it or not is definitely going to hamper his mobility. Hashtag Aaron Donald. So... You know, it's a it's a handicap. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, one thing that, you know, Chad Henney might be playing, and I guarantee that he is not going to have the same kind of success he did against the Browns with all pro corners that the Bills have. You know, the secondary for the Bills is fantastic. I mean, evidenced by, well, the the – pick six for 101 yards that we talked about earlier if if Mahomes is playing hurt it's the bills it's bills all day I'm taking the bills by seven or more Josh would you please tell us what you think gladly uh and unlike all the other um things we were talking about today I actually have notes on this one um so (laughs) the odds right now is naturally (laughs) naturally um the odds right now is that the uh Kansas City Chiefs have a 63% chance of winning with Mahomes playing. Without him, it goes down to a 32% chance of winning. I would actually give them less of a chance than that because the last time we played them, as was brought up before, no, we didn't play to our best level, but we were also missing our starting linebacker, our starting tight end, our starting cornerback. Our other uh, linebacker was hurt and was playing at half speed, and our uh, quarterback had a busted shoulder and he was barely able to pass. And we still almost came back to them with 27, 16, 24, 17. So with all those injuries and with all those mishaps on our team, we still were, were holding our own, basically. And now we're talking about a team 
where their quarterback is injured. And, you know, God, again, God forbid, I love Patrick Holmes. I want to see him play. You always want to see the best on the field. Uh, I, I hate anyone who's saying, oh, I don't want them to play Patrick Holmes. No, the hell with that. I want to see them play Patrick Mahomes because it's not a game unless you see the best playing the best in the AFC. We were all promised an AFC 100%. championship for the greatest team out there. And I think that the two best teams, arguably, in the entire NFL are playing in the AFC championship. And I want to see them duke it out. And I want to see it to be a shootout. I want to see a blood fest. I agree with Karen on that. I hope that it's an over. I think it will be if the weather permits, as long as Patrick Mahomes is out there. And that's the big if right now. And that's the sad part that we're all kind of doing that what if. If it's Chad Henney, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout, but it's going to be brutal for them because there's no way Chad Henney can keep up with Josh Allen and that offense. Josh Allen is, is Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes level. Chad Henney is a backup that had a decent two drives, not asked to do a lot. Comparatively, if Patrick Mahomes is in there, the game changes dramatically. If he goes in there healthy, huge percent. I think that the Bills will win by three. I think if Henney's in there, though, I think they win by seven. I can give them that, if, at least by seven, if, if Henney's in there. Mahomes, but if Mahomes is in there, I say they can still win by three. Healthy Mahomes. I don't know if we can win against a healthy Mahomes, but I think that we have a pretty good shot at it because. Well, the nice thing is you don't have to worry about a healthy Mahomes. He's not healthy. Yeah. Right. Right. We don't have to play healthy. So it is actually very much appropriate that I should be finishing this segment because I have very much different opinions than the three of you in that. Because it's not very often that you get to finish last. Very well done. Very well done. Not mad at it. (laughs) Um, Not true. Ladies. And gentlemen, ladies, <laughs> <laughs> I am actually shocked that we talk so much about the weather in Lambeau and no one brings up at all. Or Josh touched on it a little bit. The weather in Kansas city is going to be rain and uh, rain, sleet and snow all during that game, all during that game. Oh it's going to be over 10 miles per hour winds and under 30 degrees. Uh, which does not bode well for any kind of over, in my opinion, Kieran. By the way, uh, for for those of you at home who don't know how to use a Google, uh, the over is 53 and a half, meaning essentially to beat the over, you'd have to have a 27 to 25 game, which is not impossible. But when you have that kind of weather in Kansas City, I don't know that you get that. And I will be taking, let me just spoil it right now, I will be taking the Chiefs. There is a dichotomy here in who could be starting and for some reason, everyone is discounting Chad Henney because he's Chad Henney without realizing that he's an unspectacular he's quarterback. He's also Chad Henney? Yeah, he's an unspectacular <laughs> quarterback. Okay, that's great. And yet, you know who else is an unspectacular quarterback is Alex Smith. And the amount of times – Andy Reid went 13-3 and into the conference finals with Alex Smith as his quarterback a number of times. Don't think he threw out that playbook. And for what it's worth, in an inclement weather game, you would rather have the Alex Smith playbook than the Patrick Mahomes playbook. Don't get me wrong. You'd rather have – don't hear what I'm not saying. You'd rather have Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney every day and twice on Sunday. But what I'm saying is a more conservative attack. Also, you guys didn't mention Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back from injury. He's going to be playing. That's a major boon for the offense. The whole, the whole Bills are going to blow out the Chiefs if Henney plays – Storyline is way overblown. We all talk about, like the NFL community has accepted that Andy Reid is one of the greatest all-time offensive minds, and yet we think, oh, man, Henny comes in, he won't be able to do a thing at home in the conference finals with 
two of the best offensive weapons the NFL has to offer. A great offensive line, by the way. And two defensive stars, yeah, they're just going to get blown out. No, that doesn't, it doesn't play for me. If Patrick Mahomes plays, I will take the Chiefs uh, with the points. Chad Henney plays, I will take the Chiefs with the points. I hope that the Bills win. I don't think they do. Very quick state no. uh, case that I want to state for y'all. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Very quickly, we all know that there's a uh, really terrific quarterback out there named Deshaun Watson, don't we? I'm aware. Indeed. Boom. Right there, he was, he was the guy I was going to talk about, so I love that you're bringing it up. I mean, you know, to make this very quick – it's been made very clear across social media that Deshaun does not want to play for the Texans organization next season. So I was trying to map out today. What, what would be some great places for him to land uh, that are in need of a quarterback of his talents? Obviously, if the Panthers are in need of a good quarterback, Jets. Indianapolis Colts are also in need of a good quarterback. Uh, yep. Looks like Philip Rivers might be retiring. And uh, I don't, I think all of us can agree in unison that Jacoby Brissett is not starting quarterback worthy for that team. Um, but the one that actually kind of hits the top for me, as far as a great fit possibly for uh, a talented quarterback, such as himself, I think Deshaun Watson would actually be best putting on the Broncos uniform. There's a lot of really young talent on that team at tight end and wide receiver. Their running backs aren't, aren't great, but they're not terrible. Um, Drew Locks, you know, played really well this season, uh, throwing some really great balls. The wide receivers uh, work their fucking asses off. Big plays. But Drew Locke has made a lot of stupid mistakes. And I think that uh, somebody who can also sling it like Deshaun Watson, I think he would – fit best with that team and really amp up a, a team that's been kind of sunken in in their division uh, in the last – well, ever since the resurgence of the Chiefs. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't I don't hate the Broncos pick. Uh, the thing with Drew Locke, and I was, you know, I was kind of high on him when he was, uh, when he was getting drafted there. Um, I thought he was one of – I thought he was a really good pick from them, uh, especially a good late pick by them. And I think Deshaun Watson would definitely help highlight a lot of those, um, like you said, young star players on there. Noah Fant especially is going to make him look like fucking Tony Gonzalez out there. But if Fant can stay healthy, exactly. Um, but I, I love the I love the Colts pick. In my opinion, they might be the front runner, if not the second front runner. The only thing that may be bringing that back is that they're in division. Um, not going to happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that'll end up happening. But also, one you didn't mention here, Chicago. I think Chicago oh, would be a, a very point. good landing. I could think it'd be a very good landing spot. Um, they've obviously had some very well-known issues in terms of offensive play calling there. Um, I don't know that they're in love with Mitch uh, like they used to be. And it's one of those things. It's it's out of division. It's out of conference. I think it'd be a very good fit for them. Yeah, but their their uh, their star wide receiver Allen Robinson is an unrestricted free agent this year. True. So okay, I'll hop in here and say I am convinced at the very least that I'm stupid excited for this. This is perhaps the best thing that could happen in the NFL offseason. I'm going to sell on Deshaun staying in the AFC. If you're the Texans, you'd be foolish. I'm going to instead go with the Washington football team, also looking for a quarterback who have 
uh, guess what? $43 million in cap space. Let's not forget how much of a play that is. You know what I mean? Cap space is huge for Deshaun. And they can give up the draft picks too, because they've got plenty of young talent. They've got a good offensive line, lots of young receiving talent, uh, skill players, and a defensive minded coach. They've already made success, uh, you know, in their first year with Ron Rivera. So, I'm convinced that this is fucking awesome that he's demanding out of a terrible organization. I am not convinced that he's going anywhere in the AFC. Washington football team, let's go. Very well. Josh, notes? Uh, you guys kind of like played around with everything I was thinking myself, um, which is great. It's good that we all have the same mindset, and that's fantastic. I also would prefer to see him in the NFC. Um, he is a really good player. I think he's a young cornerstone of a team. I think he's being wasted kind of like how Andre Johnson was wasted there and how J.J. Watt's being wasted there. He should get out. I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to see DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, well, look what happened when he left. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing if maybe he goes to a place we're not expecting, though. Um, a wild card spot. Teams that are kind of looking to move on from the quarterbacks, like the Falcons, like the Lions, mm-hmm. like other teams that are kind of not happy with their players – um, and are talking about getting rid of them, jettisoning them, starting up a whole new, whole new shift. And these are teams that have new co- new coaches, and might want to get rid of some of the older quarterbacks. And they have been talking about getting rid of them and moving on. And it would kind of make sense to go to a team like that. So I think it would kind of be cool to see uh, Watson go to a team that's not rebuilding, like the the Bears, who are you know base level at best, and maybe go to a team that has somebody like Julio Jones. Oh, uh, maybe go to Can a team that does have him, something like him Holiday. throwing to Calvin Ridley and, and Gage and Julio Calvin Jones. Ridley. Holy shit. The, the conversation has been, has honestly been that they've been talking about getting rid of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for a while now. And with this new coach and new GM, is it that insane? I don't think it is. And I think it'd be kind of yeah. a cool thing that maybe a straight up trade Matt Ryan and some money and some picks for Deshaun Watson doesn't sound insane to me. And that Texans are known cool for making now, do I think mistakes. That's going to... So, yeah, well, Bill Bryan's not, not there anymore. The yeah, thank you. Doom. <laughs> um, do I think that's the most obvious choice? No. Do I think that's a fun idea? A hundred percent. I think that's that's one of the most fun ideas. Is that kind of as as Eric said, a blockbuster trade, really shaking up the entire football world? Fantastic. I love it. Um, do I think it's gonna happen? No. He's probably gonna go to a team like uh, like we were talking about, one of the lower tier teams that kind of needs that boost. We'll see. And by the way, the Bill O'Brien uh, makes the Texans dumb thing, I feel like has been disproven in the last two weeks when Deshaun Watson goes up to you and says, hey, listen, I'd like for you to at least talk to these two candidates. I'm your superstar. He doesn't say these things, but I'm your superstar. Maybe just talk to them. See what you think. And then they completely ignore them. They completely ignore yeah, fucked. hundreds of thousands of dollars that they paid for a consulting team to figure out who they want. And they just go on and hire somebody else. Nah, it's not just Bill O'Brien. This, this organization is, is dumb. It's their own form of Rasputin on their team. Yeah. That pastor that weird, like yeah. I'm going history on you guys, but they have this weird pastor that's like somehow worked his way into both the Patriots and now the Texans where he literally comes into the team. He's the reverend for the team. He's been whispering in the ears of all these owners. Kraft, he forces them to do things. Then he leaves because they don't want him there. He goes to the Texans. and I'm just whispering in the ear. 
Oh, you didn't hear about this yet? This guy, Pastor no. John or Pastor Ben or something, is in the ear of the owner, and he's the he's the uh, the reverend of the entire team, and he's been telling him sweet nothings about what to do. And now there's like this whole thing where he's like blaming uh, SI, the Sports Illustrated, for like trying to defame him, and he's yelling at Kraft and saying, "You're trying to destroy my career." And he's like this psycho Rasputin type, the like power behind the throne. Oh my god! And he's like, apparently the owner like, went to this some like guy. QAnon shit. Th- this is some wacky Da-da-da. sci-fi thing. Teams Instead of going to Sean Watson, which I agree with Eric. This, yes, this, they do. This weirds me yes, out. They do. I, guess, I, guess that, I guess that is it. Oh. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again for Josh joining us again so much. We appreciate you every single time. Go Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Am I right, boys? Let's go. Let's go, You're Buffalo. Goddamn right. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say.